0: You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are talking about why I still coach. Now, before we get into the episode, make sure you've headed on over to Cheer Gym Owners on Facebook and join that Facebook group if you're a gym owner. You've joined All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners if you are a coach or a coach and owner. And you've checked out NextGenOwners.com. When you hear me talk later about the academy, that is how you are going to join. And lastly, make sure that you are checking out our summer conferences that are going to be coming up this summer we have one in orlando right after all-star worlds that you are not going to want to miss if you're already there it is the most cost-effective option we have business tracks and we have coaches tracks as well as our flagship conference the conference of the summer our conference in dallas at the end of june it's going to be absolutely amazing up to five plus tracks going on each hour so, whatever you're looking to learn, whatever your role is in the gym, we have something for you. So, you're going to want to make sure you check that out and get registered. It's going to be an amazing one. Now, let's get into the episode on why I still coach. Now, the reality is, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, You know that I I coach cheerleading teams, and you know that I've had some tough seasons. I've had some ups. I've had some downs, just like anyone else. And this last weekend was actually a really tough one for a couple of different reasons. One is uh, it was a tough weekend for me, not as like a team coach, But as a choreographer and as someone who works with a number of clients in our state and we we went to we had our state championships this weekend and I went all weekend to support the different programs that I've worked with and although all of them had amazing performances and some of them had better finishes than they expected uh, one of my teams that I did choreography for and I've worked with a lot throughout the past two years. Um, Had an amazing routine, and they would have won uh, if not for um, a disagreement on a scoring range and a deduction that they got. And that deduction was something that I choreographed for them. They performed it perfectly, and they received a deduction. Uh, And that deduction cost them Even if it hadn't been the win, it cost them second place, which would have been their highest placing at state. Uh, and it was a skill that they, we choreographed at the beginning and they performed all season long at five different events to include a nationals and they never got called, but it got called at state and I couldn't argue it out for them. Uh, that really, really sucked that. That was pretty devastating, uh, for the kids, for me, for the coach. Uh, and it, it was miserable. Uh, that was not a fun experience. Uh, and I've been there before as a coach. If you do this long enough, you're going to be in that position where you get a deduction or you get something that was within your control. If you've never been in that position as a coach, uh, lucky you, uh, I, I have a couple different times and it's never fun. And you always look back and go, man, I could have avoided this. I just didn't think to submit X thing. Um, or I just didn't even think that it would be an issue until this time, right? It happens all the time at uh, NCA. I hear so many coaches at the at the scoring challenge that's like, we've been doing this all year long. We've done this all year. We've never got the deduction. Why are we getting it now? And the answer is, well, because we caught it now. Um, and it always sucks when you get that. On top of, I was angry at my practice on Sunday, like I was not happy because we still practiced because it was it was Super Bowl Sunday, yes, but we still practiced because we have a Nationals event this coming weekend in Vegas, and so we couldn't afford to miss a practice, especially because it's an early event, so we leave on Wednesday, um, and a bunch of my World's kids skipped practice to watch the Super Bowl. And I was not super happy about it. Uh, and they told me very late, if at all. Uh, and then I had another athlete who uh, one of my boys got into a little bit of trouble. And I was having to navigate through that with him and his parents and some concerns that he could get in trouble to the point of not being able to finish the season. And overall, it was like, it was really stressful. It was not a fun day at all. Um, and I you know, went home angry and frustrated and Um, just not in a good headspace and it was not a great, just not a great weekend. And I've had some great weekends too. So I'm not sitting here trying to complain. Uh, and the reality is I don't even make a lot of money from coaching my teams. Like I don't even really, if you factor in my net owner benefit that I make from the gym and then you factor in the number of teams that I coach and everything else that I do in the gym, I actually don't pay myself nearly as much as I should. I either pay myself enough to coach my teams and not enough to be an owner um, or a little bit to be an owner uh, or I pay myself uh, a good amount to be an owner and nothing to pay, coach my teams. But I don't. it doesn't quite line out perfectly because I've decided to reinvest that in developing my staff to eventually delegate some things to them. So why if I am in this position where I still coach... And why, why do I still do it? Because you could argue that my time would be better spent running the companies that I run. Uh, and in fact, I'm I'm in a men's mentorship group for business owners. Uh, and in that group, uh, you know, having some conversations, there are people who are getting out of the initial businesses that they started. And we were doing a little bit of an analysis of like, you know, what is your highest return on investment in terms of time and money back to you? And coaching would have been probably my lowest return on investment. And as we have d- dove deeper into this, and uh, even after this weekend, you know, I I found myself saying the age-old words that I'm sure every coach has said of like, oh, I hate cheerleading, or why do I do this to myself? And uh, I really spent a little bit of time reflecting on it. And so I'm going to go through you why I still coach, or st- through with you, sorry, why I still coach, and why I'm not going to stop coaching. So number one is Coaching is why I started down this entire journey. Now, that's not a reason for everyone. Just because you started doing something doesn't mean you have to do it for eternity. But my desire to coach, my desire to work with athletes and help them improve themselves was why I started this entire journey. I started way back in college at 19 years old doing some tumbling classes, and I just Continued to invest and continued to invest because at that point in time, I wasn't making much money either. This was back in the era when I used to buy my own plane tickets to go to competitions. And it was just, you just did that because you wanted to coach. And so that's where this whole journey began. And ultimately... That has been a huge factor for me in my life. I had a really impactful mentor in my gymnastics coach when I was a young child. And so I have always aspired to have that same impact on young athletes uh, to be able to help people become better versions of themselves and impact people the way that my coach tim cox impacted me um and i don't even think he he doesn't coach gymnastics anymore we fell out of touch which uh, made me quite sad but he was someone who really invested in us and it wasn't just about the gymnastics i i remember quite fondly the conversations about how to be good young men that we had and the requirements that he had for us to stand up and shake our teammates' hands after they did an event and just the way we conducted ourselves. It gave me a lot of pride. And that is why I started on this journey was because I loved to coach. And I don't ever want to lose that. I don't ever want to get away from the original intent, which was I wanted to coach. And that was what I was passionate about. My number two is that although coaching may likely kill me in a lot of ways it keeps me young now when i say it may ultimately kill me uh we joke all the time uh in my gym because i get very excited i get a lot of adrenaline prior to my team's performing and uh the basically from the end of the last warm up mat to the time they take the stage Uh, It sometimes looks like I'm going to have a heart attack. Uh, And I would argue if you put a blood pressure cuff on me, they might actually take me to a hospital uh, because uh, my, my blood pressure gets high. I'm not scared. I'm just, I have, everything is out of your control at that moment. Like it's all in the hands of your kids. And I want so badly for them to be successful, not even as much as it used to be. Like I used to have the mentality of like, you embarrassed me. Um, I don't have that opinion anymore. Like, have I been embarrassed of performances? Yes, but embarrassed for the kids, embarrassed for my program, because that's not the quality of content that we want to put out. But it's not about me anymore. It's about them. And it's about, you know, all of the work and effort and challenge that went into it wanting to see that be a successful result on the mat. And so we joke about how, you know, it's going to kill me one day. But I I say in a lot of ways it keeps me young because I've been at this for such a long time. And uh, I I don't think of, yes, I, I feel old sometimes and my body hurts sometimes, but continuing to be around young athletes in their prime uh, helps keep me in a like young, accomplishable mindset. I know so many people who are my exact same age. In fact, two of my very good friends who were over here and they were talking about how, you know, oh, we're just, we're getting old. And I'm like, I don't feel old. Like, I just don't. I feel like I'm at, I'm at like the bottom of the staircase when it comes to my life as an entrepreneur and as a business owner and, and where I can truly go in terms of that aspect of it. On top of, I just don't feel I don't feel old. I am 40. I'm turning 41 this month. And like, I have a 14 year old son and I look at him and I go, man, aside from the fact that I know you're my child, I feel like it was yesterday that you were a baby. I feel like I'm the same, the same age, uh, in a lot of ways. Like I know I have way more experience, but I just feel, I feel young. And I, I believe that coaching and getting to work with Young athletes who are just so have so much energy, I feel like some of that carries over to me. Some of that passion and that um, excitement for you know improving yourself is just such a contagious thing that i I truly believe it keeps me young. whether it's young of mind and it's not necessarily accurate, I don't know, it's all a mindset. Think of it what you will. I think it keeps me. Young, I think it keeps me energetic. I think it keeps me capable of accomplishing things and pushing to new, new and better things. And I think the moment that I stop coaching and I stop engaging with kids and I stop having that that drive and that passion and that excitement for the sport and for the personal improvement, I I think that is when I'm like will start to feel old. I just really do. Because it's kind of like I'm hanging it up. I don't have any more energy left to give. I'm the old curmudgeon sitting on my porch. And do I sometimes look forward to the day that I sit on my rocking chair and yell at the kids in the neighborhood about you know riding their scooters around too fast? Sure, uh, yeah, I, I think that'll be a, a grand old time. But I want to do it for maybe a couple of years before I go on to a, a better place. And, and that's about it. Otherwise, I want to be hustling the rest of the time. The last one is that money can do really great things, but changing people's lives is everything. And early on in my life, in my career, I learned, I think because I was coaching, that kids were ultimately where I wanted to spend a lot of my energy, um, a lot of that capital of my lifetime. And and. You only have so many hours, so you're literally giving of your life to this thing. And that's why I worked in the schools as a school resource officer when I was in police work, um, because there is truly no more honest and real victim of a crime than a child, because they cannot protect themselves. They don't even know about the world. And so being able to be in that position was something that I was really passionate about on top of you know, what we get to do in mentoring kids is so huge. It is so monumental. So as much as I hated that conversation I had to have with the team that got the deduction this uh, last weekend, I'm glad that I was able to be there and talk them through how to manage through that kind of a heartbreak, that kind of a struggle, uh, and carry themselves with poise, which they did, uh, I could not be prouder of these uh, ladies, And talk them through that and not, you know, I took the blame upon myself, but being able to show them how to be an adult and take responsibility for a failure, being able to talk them through that moment, being able to talk to my young athlete, uh, my male who was in some trouble and uh, talk him through how he was going to handle this with his mom, how he was going to deal with this situation, uh, how he should... You know, move forward, my expectations for him, the hopefully that are going to rise him to another level. Uh, that's that's the cool stuff and the thing that money can't really accomplish. like can money change people's lives? Yes, but your mentorship and my guidance, I believe, does change people's lives. and and I believe it because I've had kids that I've seen going down that wrong path that I've been able to have an intervention with through the sport of cheerleading to then get them to a totally different path in their life. And that is, that's priceless. That's literally priceless. You cannot put a price tag on that. And that is why I won't ever stop coaching. Maybe I will, but that's why I'm not going to stop anytime soon. And it's why I still coach. Now, if you want to keep coaching, but also want your business to be profitable and successful, then you need to be mentored by people who are doing it right now. You get that by joining our academy. You're going to be coached and mentored by another business owner who almost all of us still coach in some aspect in our businesses and we're going to be able to or we recently have and we're going to be able to talk you through how to balance that how to create a profitable business while still getting being able to pursue your passion for coaching and impacting young kids young kids lives and you're going to be mentored by people who are like you you can learn from other owners who have you know 15,000 15 locations and 15,000 kids or even 5,000 kids in their in their gym but ultimately, they may not be able to relate to you on the same level as the gym owners who are there, who are, are in those small towns, are scraping things together, are D2 gyms, are some, some D1 gyms, but not with 17 locations. Like You have the ability to be mentored by people who are in your exact same shoes, but who have found a way to make it profitable and still be able to do what they love to do in coaching athletes. Now, when you're looking at delegating, you need to look at the things that fire you up. And I've talked about this on other episodes, but this is one of the things that I think people get wrong a lot of the time because we know that delegation is supposed to happen. We're told in all the podcasts and all the videos and all the posts, you need to delegate, you need to delegate, you need to delegate. And... Oftentimes, we end up delegating away the things that we love to do because they're the easier things to delegate. It's easier to find someone who loves coaching than it is to find someone who loves doing administrative work or working at the front desk. Those are not as sexy and as fun, so they're harder to delegate away. And what you can often find yourself doing as an owner is delegating all the things that you love to do and then retaining all the things that you don't like doing. And all that does is make you resent your business. And so I want you to avoid that. I don't want you to give up on those things that truly fire you up and light you up and, and are your passion. So maybe coaching is that for you and maybe it's not. I've talked to owners who are like, "I hate coaching. I don't want to do it anymore." And absolutely in that circumstance should you be replacing yourself? Yes. I'm just telling you why I don't give up coaching. Now, as you leave the episode, I want you to write down or just reflect on why did I start coaching? And then from there, I want you to look at why do I still coach or why do I not coach anymore? And then I want you to answer the question, is coaching in line or not in line with my current goals or aspirations? I want you to answer those questions because if you're in the position Well, and really every year you're in this position to determine whether or not you're going to keep coaching or you're not going to keep coaching. And what I want you to do is answer those questions so you're not making the decision based upon bad information. And what I mean by that is making the decision based off raw emotion or off of score sheets and competitions and things that are not actually what you should have be making the decision for you. I want you to make that decision that's right for you and right for your family. All right, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode and got something great out of it. I've loved sitting down and chatting with you. We got some other great episodes coming for you. Don't forget Saturday's episode uh, will be out every Tuesday and Saturday, we have episodes. Uh, We've had a lot of listeners joining the podcast and I appreciate it. Uh, If you're new to the podcast and you're loving it, please leave us a five-star review, share it with someone who uh, would get something out of this episode, those things matter. Check out the podcast I'm going to plug here at the end. And with that, we're going to catch you on the next episode. What up, party people? This is Jason Larkins, host of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I've teamed up with Kristen Wheeler of the Cheer Mom podcast and Dan Cotton of the Cheer Biz podcast. That's right. Hey, everybody, Kristen here. We know that you love cheer, so why not dive into more perspectives? Tune into my podcast, the Cheer Mom podcast, for cheer issues spoken from the parent's perspective. Then head over to Dan's podcast, the Cheer Biz podcast, to learn from a gym owner on on how to run a successful cheer business. And of course, don't miss the Let's Talk Cheer podcast featuring Jason Larkins, the one that we all know and love, where they talk about cheer from a coach's perspective. Which means whether you're a coach, a cheer parent, or a gym owner, we've got you covered. Find all three podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stay tuned for new episodes each week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.